Hello and welcome to the tropical climbs of the Tiki Lounge. I am Chris again. I am your host. I am joined by Thomas. Hey, guys. Hello. So we've got an interesting week to discuss. Um, we're not going to go through the episodes point by point by point because that's bland and boring. Um, I think we need to look at first, we've got three people out this week um, because, you know, Channel 10's run a burn through episodes. Um, <laughs> look, we've got to say it. They're burning through episodes at this point. Um, what did you think about the three that went, which was Sarah, Tessa, and then, of course, Luke? Um, it was less emotionally tolling on me. I mean, <laughs> I was only just getting over Henry. And so... How's the shrine going, by the way, to Henry? It's coming along. It's coming along. Um, but... I'd say in his jury villa, I look like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it, it saved me. I mean, I just had to get my Catholic relics out and just <laughs> rename Jesus to Henry. Saves time. It saves time and effort. Um... So moving on from Henry, I was like, okay, I need to find someone new to, to follow. So I moved on to Luke well done. and now he's gone. Kiss of death. So I'm just giving the kiss of death to everyone. I've, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm finding it really hard to find anybody I want to win. <laughs> yeah, now we are really down to the point here. I think the only one I want to win now is Lockie, if only because he's been on the bottom so many times and somehow survived. He hasn't survived with the Luke or the Henry strategy, which is worth commending. It was just Lockie sometimes survived just by not being someone else. I but there's Lock- been times where he's been able to sort of stand out and actually work something. And so just by that alone, I'm happy to back him. But he's the only one. See, I think Lockie's, I think most of Lockie's survival has come from we really need to get him out, but somebody else's name has popped up. And not yeah. because Lockie's put it up. It's just someone's done something really stupid. You know, yeah. there was, there was the, the, a couple of times where Lockie was all set to go and then somebody in lying made it really obvious that they'd lied and the next thing you know, they were dead. Yeah, um, I mean, if it wasn't for, say, Luke just wanting to vote out big names, Lockie would have been gone much earlier in the merge and if it wasn't for Henry sort of volunteering to take himself over with Afro Ben, you know, that upset that tribe and that put more people underneath him and then gave him options as well. So a lot of his survival has come from other people's. Yeah. And I think that, that sort of lessens his, his sort of greatness. Whereas Luke and Henry were playing, Lockie's sort of been lucky because he's just not been someone else at certain points in time, which has, has been a bit disappointing. But the counterpoint is that the, the ones we would all consider the good players are all in the jury villa right now. Yeah, the jury is probably the most skilled uh, jury we've seen in a long time. And what I've actually been enjoying, and I I said this the other day on Twitter, and I said it was a a very sort of controversial take, but I'll stick by it. I would watch the jury villa as a series over the top of Survivor in a large (laughs) part of this series. And the reason is the conversation in that villa and some of the strategic talk in that villa is really good. And they sit down and they're breaking stuff down. And like last night, I know you haven't watched the Luke one. I did. Um, I watched it in prep for this. Oh, the Luke one where he's explaining to Tessa what happened when Tessa went and how this name was up. And she's like, what was that? And he goes, yeah, but then I heard you talking over there on the beach. So I've run across over here and I've done this and this and this, and this. at which point Tessa just turned and bowed. Yeah, because he was revealing that he had that little jungle shack yeah, hut. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she's just gone, well, that's just a, that's commitment. So respect to that. And that was what I like is all those people in the villa, when they've gone in and in pre, like last year when they were doing the villa, there were people who were still legitimately angry at other people mm. when they went into that villa. This year, as they've gone into the villa, they've just looked at each other and gone, 
got to, I mean, Henry's big sentence, you know, game, respect, game. Yeah, Henry was great when Luke came in and, and they were real jovial and enjoying hearing the other strategy. And I just think, where, why aren't the camera crews capturing this sort of stuff on the beach? Because that would make me care either about the game or go the other way, capture the more character moments so I can empathise with these people. Instead, they just sort of try and run down the middle and capture both and they don't, they don't construct the game and they don't construct the characters. They just I think, play I think- in. I think that the reason why backstabs haven't had the effect that they would normally have in Survivor is they haven't laid any groundwork whatsoever in relationships between these people. They've Mm. just shown them having a half-hearted conversation followed by a backstab. And there's no attachment there. They haven't shown this, this relationship that has developed over time before they backstab. And, I mean, I thought the way they were editing the show early, I thought that Jericho was going to be the one to knife Luke. Um, and they were playing that relationship and playing that relationship and playing that relationship, and eventually it would be Jericho that would do it, or vice versa. It'd be Luke that would just turn around and knife Jericho as hard as he could, one or the other. Um, I also am disappointed that I didn't get my theory that Luke was going to be the first person to vote himself out. (laughs) Um, I've held really firm to that, and I thought for sure when Tessa went that Luke had voted for Luke. Um, because it was so chaotic, that vote. But we'll quickly cover the three who went out and why they've gone. So we'll start with Sarah. Now, I could never quite work Sarah out. I couldn't work out if she was really good or if she was, like, thinking that she was good but she was horrible. I could never quite pinpoint it. It felt weird to me. I don't know. I think it was editing. Didn't really help her a lot. Yeah, I think... They focus on her sometimes as this big power player and then she, they just have a go missing. Yeah, my, my interpretation of her was that, as best as I can, that she was sort of waiting for the merge to start doing anything, which is a pretty smart and safe gameplay. You know, don't get involved in the politics of the, the, the tribes. Get involved once it becomes an individual game. They can't slam you for that because that's... Be like Pete. They forget you're there. Sorry? Be like Pete. Just forget you're there. <laughs> Yeah, just zone out for like uh, 55 days. I don't think anyone then, remembers Pete's there, by the way. I don't think even Pete remembers he's there. No, I don't think. I think Pete doesn't know where he is. No. And then when she then suffered from the, the, the editing process, with, which was like there were so many big characters before the merge that they thought were going to carry this show. And they had obviously made investments in a heap of these characters because they're all the talking heads leading up to the promos that when all of a sudden it's Sarah who's made it to the merge and that's when she's going to pull the trigger on her game. They hadn't set her up in any sort of meaningful way. So when she does start pulling the trigger, this past few, uh, the last week with Henry, she was actually starting to really show some strategizing and gameplay. Before that, the week before, she was just starting to come out the shell. and Before that, she was a nobody. So why on earth would we be invested in her? But she was certainly showing the potential of being able to think about strategy, thinking about temporary alliances and shifting votes, which was good, but now she's gone and so there's nothing to worry about it. And, and again, back to Jerry Villa. Her Jerry Villa, my favourite moment of her Jerry Villa was when she turned around and said, look, I came into this game as the person you couldn't trust. And my problem was I came up with so many different lies and webs that by the end of it, I couldn't keep track of them. <laughs> and so she basically admitted that she lied herself out of the game. And that was when all the people held up the, the names when they voted her out. The, the comment that everyone made was too many lies. Mm. And it was just, you know, again, it was one of those situations where she, 
she got herself voted out by not being able to keep up with all of these lies that she was telling. And I thought that was interesting. That's usually a problem for like when you get to the pointy end with four people and you've trust, you've promised each one, you go into the final two and then all of a sudden it comes out, hold on, he's he's promised me. Well, hold on. They promised me as well. Um, for for it to become a problem while there's still seven or eight people in the game, you've 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 played poor strategy. Now let's get to what I consider the worst night of tribal in the show, and <laughs> there's been some bad ones. The worst night of tribal in the show, as far as I'm concerned, was the night that Tessa went home. Now there is a reason why I consider this the worst. Well, there's several reasons. The first is how you get to two, two, three, boggles the mind. It's the worst, the worst vote. Yeah. Obviously, no one was in charge of the game at that point. Well, no, they were. But you, you, if you remember what the strategy was, for some reason, Tessa came up with the idea, let's split the vote. There's nine of you. Why are you splitting the vote? It doesn't end well. There's not enough numbers to guarantee it. And so they split the vote, and by splitting the vote, Tessa loses out by one and got herself voted out of the game. It was just staggering that anyone would make that mistake. But the biggest issue, and you know what's coming, (laughs) Ziggy. Now, everyone keeps on telling me that Ziggy is a very powerful player in this game and one of the most – and look – I think that Ziggy's plan to win this game is to just win every challenge between now and the grand final. I'm sure that Ziggy's plan is to just win every challenge and just not be up. And so she's just not up the whole way through. That's her aim. And it's going to have to be her aim because she did one of the dumbest things I think I have ever seen in the history of Survivor, American and Australian. Nobody had mentioned Ziggy's name. It hadn't come up. It wasn't in the forethought. There were three people up. Michelle was the target. Tara was a secondary sort of look. And then Tess became the third look. So we were looking at it and I'm like, okay, they've got this sorted out. It's finally Michelle's going to go. Well, finally Tara, one of them is going to go. And this is going to be great. We're finally going to get rid of some, somebody who's been really irritating. And then Ziggy in the conversation just casually drops before they go to tribal. What about my name? Have you heard my name? <laughs> like, no, nobody's mentioned you, Ziggy. And like nobody had, legitimately, nobody had brought Ziggy's name up. Ziggy brought her own name up. And then because her name had been brought up, played her immunity idol. She played her idol to protect herself from herself. That's Luke-level crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's up there amongst the most baffling things. It's like the inverse of Henry not playing his idol even though he probably should have. I wonder if that spooked her. Yeah, I I got a feeling that was probably hanging over her head, primarily because there had gone someone with the idol. Um, And and even though you're saying, you know, Tessa was in charge, I don't think she was in charge that night because if she was in charge, it wouldn't have gone, she wouldn't have gone home. So she thought she was in charge. So I think in the confusion, in the absence of an actual power player to be pulling those strings... And given the nature of Luke's erratic gameplay, wherein he only needs the minimum amount of people to get something done, and that's how he's been working, I think in that chaos, she's gone, well, I'm going to play this. And it was a, it was a silly move. 
Well, man, it was the wrong order. It's wrong, wrong order. It was actually Tessa then Sarah. And the reason I remember that is because Sarah cast the vote for Tessa and said, I don't want you to go home. <laughs> so why did you write right. her name down, you idiot? It just... I, I, can't, I can't process that. If, if you're down to nine players, don't write somebody's name down that you don't want to go home. It's like a gun. Never point a gun at something you don't want to kill. Yep. Don't write somebody's name down at tribal and go, I really don't want you to go home, but I'm just doing this. But, but why? Then why? Yeah. Like just go to them on the side and say, look, that, the plan is to get rid of you, but I'm not going to vote for you. Who are you voting for? I'm with you now. Oh, but the, uh, she wrote her name down, but I think she just thought she was doing it to, to, to sway votes and make it look closer than it was. Oh, it just has, it, it has feelings of the, the, the Liberal Party spill of Malcolm Turnbull <laughs> and Tony Abbott, where Tony Abbott accidentally became leader because they wanted to make it look closer than it was and accidentally took out the wrong person. But it's just... I can't work out why those two nights in particular just had so many dumb moves. Dumb. Just yeah. Dumb. And then we get to Luke. What can we say about Luke? Because last episode I defended him and said I thought he had a bit more strategy about him. And then the Sarah vote happened and I went, no, I stand corrected. Said uh, I thought his strategy had worked. And I, I thought it was good in that he was really keeping his game alive ahead of everyone else, but it did not look like that to anyone else. He was managing to get Jericho and Luke further along the line, but everyone else was getting the blame and everyone else was getting the fingers. But when it came down to seven people and then people could start to see, hold on, Luke and Jericho are a two here, people started to clue in on that idea and it seems as though by cluing in on it, that just drew the line under him. He said, well, one of these two has to go. It's probably going to be Luke because he seems the smarter and more tactical of the two. I personally would have taken Jericho. I would have probably taken Jericho out before Luke. I think that I, I think, and we'll talk about this in a moment because we're going to talk about who you'd take through and who you wouldn't take through. I wouldn't take Jericho through to the last two. I, you, oh, no. no. There's no way. You don't take Jericho through to the last two. No. Um. I don't think there's anybody that beats Jericho in the last two. And no, that's not because Jericho's played a good game necessarily. He's, he's just played a better game than everyone else left. Yeah. And he's just managed to avoid, I mean, his name's only been written down, I think maybe twice in the entire run. Yeah. I don't remember him being the target except for real early. No, they haven't really written Jericho that much. And, and look, I mean, he's, he's cheated openly, you know, cookies. Oh um, God. But I think that, yeah, I I would have taken out of the two. I would have taken Jericho because I think you can still you could still could have gotten Luke anyway. I think Jericho has the ability to fall in with other groups a lot easier than Luke would, because people yeah, are think, suspicious of Luke. They're not suspicious of Jericho. Yeah, and I think a the only person who probably could have beaten Jericho was Luke. Yep. Um, getting rid of him sort of gets rid of someone. Luke probably could have beaten everyone. So in one respect, that's probably the better reason to get rid of Luke there. But Jericho has been even under, has been under the radar even more than Luke to the point where 
I'm pretty sure for the past few episodes, we've seen Jericho forming other sort of mini alliances without selling out Luke. He had a bit of an alliance with... um, um, They've named all their alliances, so... Yeah, with Henry. So there was Henry. He was working with Henry for a little while. Then when he found out Henry, you know, lied to him, he all of a sudden went somewhere else and voted there. You know, and that was not necessarily with Luke and Luke's blessing because he was also away on that reward. So there was there's times where he's been showing some strategy, which is more than we can say about a lot of the players who are left, which means by default, he's just sort of the best player left. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think he's the one person. I think Jericho's, it's going to be almost impossible to take Jericho out now. It's just, he's, he manoeuvres. And he manoeuvres a lot more easily than everybody else because everyone else has this... I mean, and we all know from watching at home that Jericho's sly mm. and very sneaky and not playing this lovely game that everyone thinks he's playing. Um, but they don't know that. And everybody else has baggage. Everybody else in that game has some form of baggage. And, the oh, that's right, the other stupid thing... Um, that we forgot to mention was that when it was the Michelle Sarah face off at Tribal and Pete, who said one of the dumbest things ever at a Tribal when they went to play the oh it was the it was the Ziggy one where Ziggy played her idol for no apparent reason and when she turned around and said play it for Michelle oh yeah. what are you doing you idiot. Why? Like, yeah, I, he was obviously so out of the loop on that one. But now what he also did was quite openly, you know, attach his colours to the mast of how closely in, locked in with Michelle he is. And I don't necessarily think that's a good strategy for anybody. No, no. I think um, given that now Lockie and Tara's little thing has broken up, I think Tara and Michelle are probably a bit of a couple there. <laughs> Add on Peter, who's with Michelle. You've got three versus this potential other three. Lockie working with Ziggy sort of, or Ziggy at least working with Lockie without him actually knowing why, kind of there. Unless Jericho goes over to those two, which I don't see happening, it's Jericho goes with Peter, Michelle, Tara. They pick off Lockie or Ziggy, whoever doesn't get the idol out of those two, so it doesn't get immunity out of those two. They then just wait until they pick off the other one. You know, Tara, Michelle could just bring... I've got this feeling feeling that Michelle's going to do something stupid again because somebody's going to say her name in the wrong spot (laughs) and she's just going to get bitter and go, I don't agree with that. I don't like that one little bit. I'm going to change this game because I am in control and nobody messes with me. Now, the only positive I can see in that is everyone that said that so far is currently either at home or in the jury (laughs) villa. And that's the best place to be for Michelle. I, I, I did say the other day on social media, and I have to admit to this one, and I will cop to it. I was in charge of I was in charge of the the Tiki Lounge account when I tweeted out the comment that this could be the first time in history that if somebody is voted out, that the jury might actually try to sway them to keep them. <laughs> no, 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 Michelle's Michelle's got some time. Leave her, leave her. I I don't think I want to be trapped with her for that long in the villa. I really don't think anyone wanted to be trapped that long with her in the villa. I do. You just get a, you get a bit of a sense. And I don't know if I'm the only person who gets this sense that everyone sort of legitimately gets along with everybody else. 
except Michelle. It just um, I'm on the out. Yeah, I just I don't know who Peter gets along with. He seems to always have a problem with most people. Peter's not particularly. Peter's not particularly um, relatable to anybody. No, and and Ziggy and Lockie obviously have trust issues there as well. He's just there. Ziggy Ziggy is determined for some reason to go all the way through with um, Lockie. And we know that the original idea of her doing that, um, the original idea of her doing that was that'll take the heat off me. But I now just get the feeling that Lockie thinks that, that um, Ziggy thinks she can beat Lockie. And I get the feeling that Lockie thinks she can, he can beat Ziggy. And I think they I, I think each other through. I think Ziggy keeps Lockie to a point. I don't think she wants to take him to the end. I think she's legit saying, I want to keep him as like this human shield so that if we're ever both up, because we neither of us have got immunity, I can convince everyone to go, oh, but Lockie, look how strong he is. He'll beat, yeah, I might be good, but he'll beat me. We've got to get rid of him now because he doesn't have the immunity. And so I, I, I get her game there. And it's, it's semi-smart in that it'll work to a point, but all it takes is, okay, now Lockie's gone, who's next? And it's her because she's just isolated herself from a whole lot of people. I think, yeah, I mean, let, let's get into, I want to get into a couple of things before we finish up here, which is best and worst case scenarios for the last two and who you do and don't want to take through. I think the worst case scenario for the producers is a final two of Michelle and Pete. I would have said probably Tara and Michelle. I think Michelle and Pete's worse. I think that Tara and Michelle, Tara starts talking about the fact that she's left her kids and you get the tears and you get the waterworks and you get the whole family angle and they'll bring the kids in like they did last year with Lee and there'll be this big emotional soppy moment and they'll try to push that as their big moment. So I don't think that would upset the producers. I think Pete and Michelle and the producers would be looking and going, what the hell can we do with this? Like, seriously, what do we do with a Northern, a, a, a Northern Beaches nanny and Pete, who is cardboard? <laughs> cardboard Pete. He's just cardboard. I think, yeah, I think actually halfway through, they've replaced him with a cardboard cutout. <laughs> with like a speaker strapped to the back. And just That's why it's so lifelessly the other day said, Use it for Michelle. Um, <laughs> Just this pull cord that someone pulls. <laughs> I think the best case scenario for them is a Ziggy Lockie final. I think Jericho, probably somewhere in the final two, is their best case scenario. I think, for a marketing standpoint, they'll try to push again. I think they've already got Olympics, Olympic survivor headlines written for Ziggy. I'm sure yeah, it's all written. It would vindicate them after um, the, the whole Lee didn't win problem. Because, you know, oh, international sports star Lee, will he win? No, he didn't. He lost to this lunatic. Oh, okay. But if Lockie wins, then Lee almost wins anyway because Lockie's trying to look like Lee. <laughs> He's certainly trying to play the game, but a little bit smarter than he was. I don't know. So what do you reckon is the best case and the worst case? So, mm, I think Jericho because he's a bit of a creative, colourful person. Uh, and and um, uh, Ziggy. Because you've got that whole Olympian thing yep. going on. And your worst is Michelle and Tara? Yeah, I think Michelle, Tara. But, yeah, I acknowledge Tara's got the whole, you know, motherhood thing going on. So maybe, yeah, Michelle, Peter would be worse. And, and 
the who you do and don't want to take through to the end. Now, controversially, I think you don't want to, I think you don't want to take Pete. And I know that it seems weird to say that because he's done absolutely nothing. But as I said to you before we started recording, I think there are a lot of people who are trying to play Christie's game from last year. I think Michelle's trying to play Christie's game from last year. I think Pete, to some extent, I don't think Pete's actually trying to play anything, but <laughs> accidentally he's found himself playing Christie's game from last year, which is, I have no right to be here, but, and all you people strategized and I've got to the end. My strategy was be so harmless that I got to the last two and I'm that harmless that I'm in the last two and you're all on the jury. And I think that's a strategy. I legitimately think it is. I think it's a strategy, but I think it's it's gonna. There's a couple things that go against it. Number one is because it happened last year. I think people are a bit more cluey to it. That yeah, you've just rehashed the supposed strategy, and all you're doing in that situation is is laying a veneer across bad gameplay. And I don't I think, believe it's. I don't believe it's a strategy, but somehow Christie last year convinced everyone it was. Yeah, and that's why I don't think people would be so easily convinced with it this time, especially with Peter. And the second one is, even if it's not Peter who's trying it, but Michelle, I think it depends on who's sitting next to either of them because they can trot that out. But all Jericho has to do is go, they can claim that, but this is actually what I did, and he can point at things. So can Lockie. I think Lockie's got a like a pretty solid, like, I was on the bottom and then this happened and I saved myself and then this happened. She can say she was doing all these things, but here's my evidence. They, the person who does that has to depend on the person sitting opposite them, unable to communicate what they had done, which is why Lee was such a bad person in those fights. He couldn't actually confess to the strategy. He didn't own the strategy. He tried to say, oh, I know you feel bad, but when he should have said, yeah, you feel bad and you should feel bad because I've beaten you. That's the whole point of the game. Yeah, when Chris, when Christy did her turn and did the whole "I'm evil," and I've deceived all of you, and I did this deliberately. Yeah, everyone on the on the jury, I think, was waiting for Lee to come up with something so they could vote for him. Well, I think and, they were expecting Lee to do that, and he never did. The problem no, he was he kept on going. I'm a moral game player, and all she had to do was turn around and go, "So what? I'm not, and I got here doing yeah. the exact opposite of you." And he wasn't a moral game player because three people could legitimately stand up and say, you promised me and you didn't deliver. Yep, exactly. He just played the, he was the worst in that situation. He should have said, look, I was evil. He should have trotted out her argument and made it his own. But by not doing that as the first speaker, he just let her own that argument and he had nothing in return. I don't think that Lockie or Jericho or even Ziggy would allow Peter or Michelle to actually get away with that. I think Tara would or Peter would to Michelle or Michelle would to Peter. But I don't think the other three stronger players there, Lockie and Jericho in particular, would, would provide that opportunity. Yeah, I think, Jericho's essentially done that already. Yeah, I think... Here's the thing. I think that Michelle, if she goes up against Tara or if she goes up against Pete, beats them because she talks in circles. She doesn't actually say anything when you listen to her. She just talks loudly and so often that you either fight her or you shut up and everyone just shut up. And when they shut up, she looks like she's smart. I think in particular, if it's a Lockie or a Ziggy and they go up against Michelle at the end, I think they crush her like a paper cup. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because definitely. I don't think either of those two are going to sit there and let Michelle talk crap. Mm. Um, and so I think, yeah. I, and, and Lockie in particular knows most of the stuff that Michelle's done. And at the same time, you just got to think who's on the jury and not say, Oh, well, Jared was so-and-so's friend. So Jared out there, but think about, well, what sort of game were they playing and what sort of narrative will they respect at the end? as a result of that. So when you talk about Jared, he thought he was in a position of control because he was on the dominant alliance and then the alliance fell apart. Why the alliance fall apart? Because someone managed to needle off essentially Henry and managed to needle off two people. Now, if the people who tore off and got rid of him are there at the end, then it's up to them to say, I made that decision to get rid of you, Jared. I know it cost you your game, but look at where it got me as opposed to Michelle going, oh, I was just along for the ride for a little while and acting a little bit crazy, but that that got me here. I think it's going to be playing a little bit more to some of the audience here. Like, for example, Luke. Luke's not going to respect the person who says that because Luke was like the puppet master for a fair chunk of the votes out. So he's not going to buy into that trash. He's going to go, Lockie, Jericho, they're the only two people who deserve a vote here. Yeah, I think that, I think that if Jericho gets to the end, I think you've got... Well, Luke, obviously, but I yeah. think Henry goes along with him as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think he does. I think Tessa probably goes along with Jericho as well. Yep. Um, and I think this is where the villa actually becomes important is that there's an understanding mm. from the people in the villa of how the game was played. And yeah, they're having the some, and, and again, this is why I say it's a really good thing to actually watch because their conversations in the villa have been about this strategy and everyone talking about, Oh, this is a really good strategy by this person. Don't really like what this person's doing. And you don't hear them mention Michelle. Nobody yeah, respects what she does. Nobody's respecting really what Tara's doing. Um, no. It's like, she's just there and she's riding Lockie's coattails as far as they'll get her. Um, but I think I've been trying to, again, we mentioned it before. I'm trying desperately to work out if I think that Ziggy, is a legitimate threat to win it or not? I don't know. Well, it I just depends suspect, who she's sitting next to. I would suspect that the stupidity of her announcing that she had an idol and then the stupidity of her outing herself with the idol and playing it, I don't think that plays well with Luke or Henry or anyone who thinks of themselves as a strategist. I think Luke and Henry in particular just look at it and go, because they were, and they, were, they were there at the time, and Lockie would be the other one if he ends up on the jury, would be like, you didn't play the game well. You got an idol, fine. But then you told us you had the idol. And then you played the idol when you weren't remotely under threat and it wasn't even a potential that your name was raised. And I think that they yeah. would actually go against her because of that. And those arguments, um, Christy, not last year's winner, but fellow podcaster, Chrissy, mentioned tonight a really good point, which was, she said, well, interestingly enough, when, you, when you're looking at, at, at who's on the jury, Luke's the best person to have on that jury. His question yeah. is going to be insane. Because think about it. Luke and Henry, between the two of them, those questions, that's all I'm hanging out for now. Yeah, I, I want to hear what Henry's got to ask because... Him and Luke have been in control of the game longer than we were really aware of or would probably want to give him credit for. And, I'd, and neither of them obviously have hard feelings about it. 
when you watch the the jury villain, oh, great. Videos, they're so optimistic, even though they're now out of the game. Luke gets and in and goes, "I was going for you from day two. Yeah, and 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 Henry doesn't sort of like, "Oh, that's bullshit." He 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 goes, "Oh, that's good." And he laughs about it. And then if you continue to look at their engagement on social media, you know, Henry's sort of started this crowns out when when yeah, put Luke crowns out. voted out, put your crowns out. Like that doesn't show animosity as obviously some other people have because they've not continued to participate in this discussion. What it shows is like he's got respect for different ways to play the game and he respects the best way to play the game, which is screw everyone until you get screwed yourself, which is what he was doing, which is what Luke was doing. So their questions are not going to be like that. Oh, you haven't played the moral game, so I can't vote for you. It's going to be here's a question and you're going to win it or lose it based on this question. They, they tr- strike me as the sort of people who are going to be fair when it comes to voting. They're not going to vote with sort of instinct or feeling. They're going to vote with what's the evidence in front of me? You've done the best job. Those two are going to be the ones who ask the question who, who will get the most honest answer. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the other interesting part I think will be, I actually think that, Tessa will ask something quite interesting too. Yeah, she's probably the third brain person in it. Because I look as as much as she had a really dumb strategy the night she went out. Tessa actually played a better game than I think a lot of people gave her credit for. Yeah, well, how, we had written her off in what day two? Yeah, well, when she had the fight with Tara. Yeah, and she was fight on the bottom. Tara, the fight with Tara, and it was oh god, Tessa's dead. And then when just before they got to the merge, where Pete ran away from her at a hundred mile an hour. And she actually turned around and went, Pete, don't leave me. And Pete sprinted as fast as he could to get away from her. And you're like, oh, God, there goes Tessa. She's dead. Yeah, she was playing a a Lockie-esque game, which is she found herself at the bottom and scrambled enough times to get back up. And you can't not respect that game. But not Peter or Michelle or Tara have done it. Tara's been on the bottom, yes, but she's never scrambled up. She's just not been voted off because... She wasn't lucky and she wasn't someone who was lower than her. She's been this middle rung player. So's Michelle, so's Peter, so Ziggy. They've all been these middle rung players who've just been boring and bland. Jericho and Lockie, the only two who have a legitimate claim to the title at this stage. And what's and, and, and we've mentioned it a few times on different episodes, but I think it bears repeating again. Outside of the Henry move, the other big moves they keep talking about have been self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. everyone else has taken themselves out, right, in some way, shape, or form. Henry, I mean, and, and yeah, Henry didn't play the idol, but Henry didn't take himself out. That was just a really good blind side. Yep. And Henry's, Henry walking away from it just goes, no, that was good. That was really yeah. good. Um, but when you look at the rest of the game, everybody else has been self-inflicted. They've taken themselves out. Um, and you can't really turn around at the end. There's there's no one left really who can turn around and say, I made the big move because the person who, the people who orchestrated the move against Henry are in the villa. Yeah. The only person who could lay claim to it is Jericho. Yeah. Well, Jericho is sort of it, but Jericho was even then really a periphery player in the move. The move, the move the, the move that got Henry was a Luke and Tessa operation. I think, I think Jericho is probably a bit more involved because 
Luke and Tesla were, were offered that reward. Jericho came to it on his own when he found out Luke had screwed him over with that idol. And yeah. when Luke came back, I imagine there's a scene on the cutting room floor where Luke's come back and said, okay, we've got a new plan. Jericho's, no, we've got a new plan. It's Henry. And Luke's probably gone, no, it is Henry. And they've realized they're on the same yeah, page. We've got the same plan. That's yeah, I think there's probably an argument there from Jericho who can probably, uh, with Luke on the jury as well, to back him up. Well, Luke will know the answer. Yeah, I, I was in the, the Henry move as well. And Henry will go, yep, respect that. I screwed you and you screwed me. Great. Luke will go, yep, you were on that plan. So good on you. Tessa will go, yep, he was there before we got back. So there's three votes who could easily go. So I think, I think the last part before we finish up is we need to check in to the greatest game in the history of television and, and not actually on our TVs. Um, you're lucky. We, we here at the Tiki Lounge get the exclusive footage every week. Um, and, and you're really missing out, Australia. Let me just tell you that right now. It's time to check in with Survivor Dez. Now, I think the, the big move we saw in Survivor Dez this week was there were, there were two things. First of all, he interfered with the normal Survivor game. We know that he does this every week because, you know, it gets boring. Yep. And you can't all just play Survivor Dez. You've got to get involved with other Survivor. I'm convinced that Dez's big move this week in the normal Survivor game was that he, he was the person at Tribal, just over the shoulder, quietly going, Ziggy, it's Ziggy. Let's vote for Ziggy. And Ziggy heard this and went, got to play the idol. <laughs> got to play the idol. <laughs> so I'm convinced that Dez is the person that made Ziggy play the idol. I mean, it's the only strategy, the only theory that works because otherwise it was just dumb. And, you know, she's an Olympian. She can't be stupid. They're not dumb at all. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. The idea of the Olympian being stupid, no, no, I won't hear it. I won't hear it. It's outrageous. But back to Survivor Dez. Now, the good news in Survivor Dez this week is that Dez got the immunity idol, um, which was a bit of a change from last week where Dez had the immunity idol. So Dez went to Tribal Council and talked about Dez. And what we found out was that Dez had been in an alliance with Dez all the way along. Um, it was shocking. I, I, for one, was stunned. So you have Dez and Dez, and then Dez, and then Dez was over there as well, and the other Dez, well, well, he voted for himself accidentally. He did the Luke strategy. So the end of Survive Dez this week, Dez went home, uh, which leaves us with Dez, 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 Dez and Dez. So it's really heating up. It's really heating up now. I don't know who's going to win. Come down to the wire. I mean, I think that, I mean, Dez is well placed, but so's Dez. And look, those don't forget Dez. Oh yeah, but Dez is Dez hasn't made as many many big moves as Dez. Has Dez built his shelter yet? That's the big question. No, he doesn't want to give it away to himself yet. He <laughs> really doesn't want to give that away. But what he's thinking is, just before the final tribal, that's when he's going to do it. Just before final tribal, he'll build a shelter. Last night, it's going to be nice and cozy, and they're going to set fire to it accidentally with the torches. So on that, I think we can end this week. Now we're getting right down to the end. It's getting very close now. It's getting very close. Some would say not close enough. Two or three more episodes off us to do. Yeah. Well, I think we've probably only got two more left. I'd I'd suggest, I don't know what they're doing for the coming weekend. Um, If they go up against a rugby league grand final or not, who knows? Um, If they do, then they'll, that's because they just want to burn through it. Um, I think we've probably got two more to go. Two more episodes of the Tiki Lounge. And they're going to be quality episodes, ladies and gentlemen. And, and again, we are maintaining our, our pride as the fifth, 
fifth most popular Survivor Australia podcast. That's better than Survivor Ratings. Oh, it's much better than Survivor Ratings, which is the 15th <laughs> most popular TV show on Australian television of a night, give or take a few places. Um, please feel free to rate us on iTunes. Feel free to go and find us on iTunes to rate us there as well. Um, give That'll us give us an out. idea if we should come back next year as well. Yeah, we'll, yeah give, give them an idea if they should come back too, because who knows. Although, having said that, with CBS buying Channel 10, I think it's almost a lock. Um, anyway, on that, we will catch everybody later. Bye.